Border Dance with your host Yasmina Ramsey, where we explore how world dance expresses the inexpressible and helps us to understand the meaning of our existence. Today's guest on Deeper Dance is Francesca Anastasi, also known as Sabea in the belly dance world. Francesca's journey went from homeless to being the CEO of the very successful Confidence Institute, which offers conferences, consulting, and a podcast called Succeed Against the Odds. Along that journey, she founded a worldwide phenomenon called Shimmy Mob, where belly dancers all over the world perform flash mobs on the same day every year for the last 10 years. Although Shimmy Mob was meant to be a fun and inclusive community event, it has come to mean so much more for so many women all over the world. Shimmy Mob raises money and awareness for the prevention of domestic abuse. How Francesca uses the platform of Shimmy Mob to educate and foster dialogue concerning domestic abuse is why I admire her so much. Welcome, Francesca. You are a fascinating and strong woman whose life work in business and in dance seems to always have a theme of lifting others up. Today, I want to mostly focus on how you do that through dance and through your organization called Shimmy Mob. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show. First of all, I really appreciate the opportunity. How do I do that? Well, Shimmy Mob is an organization that started as a one-time event that now has turned into an organization. And the whole idea started with doing flash mobs. The goal with what we do with Shimmy Mob is to raise awareness to help lower the statistics of domestic violence through creating awareness of what the signs are that lead to physical abuse and that are emotional abuse. What was the genesis of Shimmy Mob? Like, was it the domestic abuse that started it? Or was it Shimmy Mob? Like, what gave you this idea to start Shimmy Mob? That's a very good question. Years ago, well, 10 years ago, 11 years ago, exactly, actually, I was attending a workshop uh, out of town. And while I was having breakfast with another instructor that was attending that weekend's workshops, we were having this conversation and she was telling me that she had done a flash mob in her town and the competition was looking down on her and criticizing her for doing a flash mob, a belly dance flash mob, saying she was just trying to get attention. And I could not understand that kind of attitude on why would they put her down when she was trying to promote her business, do something fun with her students and bring the dance to the masses, pretty much just showing the the art form. And I went home after that weekend, just, I couldn't stop thinking, I couldn't stop thinking about why can't we come together? Why do we need to be so competitive? What can we do together? What is one thing that can unite us? just one thing that that can bring the community together. And I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And then the idea came from there where I thought, what if I can call my own competition and just say, why don't we do this together? Let's put the dance out there. Let's do something that is fun for all of our students. And at the same time, we can give back to the community. 
and this will help promote you as a business, you know, as dancers, as, as dance teachers, and it is for the greater good. And I thought domestic violence, uh, raising funds for domestic violence shelters was a good idea because I had seen a lot of my students who have gone through domestic violence. It just seemed like a natural marriage between what we do as women primarily in the belly dance industry um, because it's primarily women and in the cause. So that's where the idea came from. But over time, I realized that more and more people started joining because of the cause more than the dance itself. Hmm. And ironically, I found myself running this event unbeknownst to me or unbeknownst to my own awareness that I was in an abusive relationship at the same time. Wow, that's profound. And it was, it's very ironic because it was for several years. I did not see that. And it actually took someone else to point it out to me, even though here I was the main advocate for everyone else putting out the information, here are the pamphlets, here are the, you know, these are where the shelters are, these are the signs, and I did not see them in my own personal life. So sometimes we need someone else to tell us because we're so deep in it, we don't see it. Have you found that that has happened to other women who have come to Shimmy Mob after they're in Shimmy Mob and they read the pamphlets that they realize that perhaps are in a similar situation as you were? Yes, I've had several people, I would say pretty much on a monthly basis, I receive messages from someone saying, thank you for sharing that article. That really hit home. I had no idea. Or I've had, I've also had several team leaders reaching out saying that sometimes when we do Shimimom, some of the teams position themselves in areas where they can have a table, like a, a food market, fruit markets, some sort of places where you can have a vending table. And that's where they put their brochures and some the brochures and sometimes even brochures that are from their own local shelter. And with time, people start reading these things and they start realizing, wait a minute, they start recognizing the link, the missing link. It's like, this is what's happening to me. This is what this brochure says. I did not know this was abuse. I did not know this was leading into the wrong direction. So it opens up your eyes. It's like a little, you know, somebody opens up the window and all of a sudden you can start seeing what's behind. And then does that help? Because now that I've, I've been involved with Shimmy Mob this year, obviously, because I was the choreographer. So I'm on your group Facebook and I'm watching these articles come down. And I'm watching the videos of these girls getting together to dance and whether it be virtual or in live in person. And it seems to me that the community that's there in this private group that watches these articles has, I guess, given the women involved maybe a safe place as well to, to feel that I'm not alone. Is, is that kind of happened as well? Definitely. There's definitely a camaraderie and, and a sense of feeling support and un understood because you know there are other people going through something similar, whether someone's sharing. There are not a lot of people personally sharing their stories so much, mm -hmm. but there is this underlying understanding that everybody knows where everybody's at, and 
like I get you, I know exactly what you've been through. So when there is an article or something that's related, you can just see it from the comments below how they know they're not alone. Right, right. We are not alone. I'll include myself in that because I am part of that. It's very beautiful, really. Uh, When I first heard about Jimmy Mob, I think I told you, I was like, okay, that's a really good idea. I like the idea, but I didn't have faith it would really take off. I think maybe because of the same reason as why you wanted to start in the first place, belly dancers are very good about community and supporting each other. There's a certain areas that they can't seem to come together, especially on a world world thing. So I didn't have much faith in its success. And then when I was approached, not by you, but other people were pushing me to do the choreography for it. And they said, look, it goes around the world. It's in Australia. It's this and that. You really should do this. And and I'm like, whoa, cool. This girl made it work. Well, if I can share, this is not an easy feat to do every year. This is our 10th anniversary. So we've been around now for 10 years. And every year it has had major challenges that I've had to deal with, with certain areas, certain um, communities, certain individuals, big, big challenges. And I've had to ask myself many times, is this worth my time? I don't make a penny running this. I don't, I don't pay myself. It pays pretty much, it runs itself. Financially, it supports itself. And that's about it. The answer is, yes, it's worth doing because I know I'm saving lives. And if I ever stopped running the event, how many people would not be helped? And that's on me. So I couldn't stop it. There's no way I can stop this. Whether I like it or not, it has to keep going. That's why I do it. Because honestly, it takes six months out of the year is full time. So I put my own business aside. My business suffers every year because shimmy mob becomes a priority the work that goes behind the scenes a lot of people don't realize that some days are 18 hour days non-stop no lunch barely running to the bathroom and back with the correspondence that i have to deal with it's worth it for that reason because if i can save one person that's how it's you know that's my philosophy if i can save one person then it's worth it that's a huge responsibility but i completely understand and perhaps with, maybe sometimes you don't know it, but you could call on the community, uh, your community within Shimmy Mob to like help in some cases, you know? Well, some of the things that I've had to, the challenges, they're really they're technically above their pay grade, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It, it takes, I'm sure there are people out there that could handle it. I just don't know who in the community would be able to handle it. So there is that as well. And it requires a lot of diplomacy, Mm. a lot of Mm -hmm. uh, people skills in handling certain situations. So leadership skills, highly, highly required. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I understand. So at the end of the day, you're the only one who can do it. At the end of the day, it's, you know, I am behind it and I'm responsible. So to delegate something that is crucial that could turn into this big volcano erupting Mm -hmm. Um, that's on me yeah that's my job but do you feel rewarded in the sense that it is has such a profound effect on so many people's women's lives of helping them through this absolutely that's why i do it yeah so then that brings me to this question how do we get from a homeless person to a ceo of a very successful 
the corporation. And um, along that route, where did belly dancing play a role in there as well? Yeah, so became homeless after I had been, was in the middle of divorce, a very painful divorce. Um, I had not been allowed to work in my previous marriage, and I didn't have any experience in any area in particular, so looking for work was very challenging to find a job that could support me and my daughter. At the time, she was nine, nine years old. And so it was a struggle. And then eventually I did get, I did find a job that barely paid the bills. And then I had all these debts with lawyers fighting for child support, legal fees, on and on. And then one day, while all this was going on, someone set fire to the house where I was living. I was living, I was renting a basement suite out of this big house. And I was away with my daughter and someone decided to set fire to the house. Um, it's actually a, a murder. The, the landlord that lived, lived upstairs died in the fire. So it was pretty tragic and I lost everything. And then 10 days later, uh, the company that I was working for that barely paid my bills decided to lay everybody off because they were not doing well. So now I had no home, no insurance from the fire because I couldn't afford to pay insurance. So I lost everything I had. And literally, I had nowhere to live. When I lost my job, I started looking for work. I got two agencies to help me find work, schedule interviews at companies. And I went to so many job interviews. And I was either not qualified enough or overqualified, which I have no idea how that was even possible. But that was kind of what was coming back or just not the right fit. And at one point, I had 33 job interviews in one month. That just to give you an idea of how hard I was looking. I wow. really needed work. I had no other income. And no one will rent to you if you don't have a job. Right. So, And is this a marriage that you came off of that... The, that you were getting the divorce, going through the divorce, this was the abusive uh, relationship? This was one of them. Uh, the, the, uh, the, I had two previous marriages. So it was the second one, the one that I was talking about while I was running Shabim Mob. So that's a different one. So I went from one to another. <laughs> right. I didn't learn my lesson the first time. I, but that's a whole other story. That's, and, and then I could get into then a whole other conversation on how do you go from one abusive marriage to another, that's a completely different story. But to answer your question, how, do I, how did I go from homeless to CEO? What happened was I kept looking for work and all I had was unemployment, which is pretty, pretty small amount. And at one point that unemployment ran out, I was running out. This was 2001. And then September 11th happened and all the interviews stopped completely, like dead stop. Yeah, is running out. I'm like, what do I do? I need to figure a way to bring money to the table. And I started digging. I'm like, well, if nobody's going to hire me, I'm going to have to hire myself. I need to make money. And I decided that if I was going to do that, it had to be something that I enjoyed. Because if I didn't enjoy it, I knew I would fail at it. And I thought the one thing I always wanted to do was dance. And I'd always been doing it. I had been dancing already. Like I, 
I have been training, I was performing professionally in Argentine tango with my instructor. So I had that background. I was helping various teachers teach around town, but I wasn't getting paid for it. And I thought, I have the skill, I know how to teach. I know people like how I teach. And I decided I'm going to open a dance school for people who, like me, missed out on dance training as kids and give them that opportunity. Because if I could train as an adult and become a professional performer, then someone else can as well. And there was nothing that was offering that platform. So I decided to open Confidence as a dance studio and also as a dance fitness center. And that's pretty much it. Give people an opportunity to learn how to dance and perform if they wanted to because they missed out as a kid. Wow, that's nice. And then I guess that belly dancing got in there somehow. <laughs> the belly dancing, yes, that was the second part of your question. Uh, <laughs> the belly dancing came in because people were requesting it. Belly dancing was not part of the original uh, studio. So when we first opened, uh, when I first opened, it was just me. Uh, soon I started hiring people. It got, you know, it grew to... 14 instructors. It was a busy studio. But the belly dance came in because people were requesting it. So we had to put it in there. So I started training like crazy because I didn't really have training in the belly dance world. So I started learning it really hard. And then it became a large portion of the school. Right. And then you put on a belly dance conference, which you invited me to. <laughs> that's and where we, we first met. <laughs> that's right. And then we did, we did that as well. <laughs> Well, that's very interesting. That's, and, you know, for me, what I see as the common thread is you open a school for people who don't you normally get to dance to give them that opportunity, something that gave you great joy. And then the shimmy mob, bringing the community together, not have this competition kind of atmosphere. And then eventually that even leads to like helping women with um, preventing domestic abuse and it's a beautiful story. You, you've taken all your pain and suffering and help other people lift up because you've become strong out of it and you've shared. That's how I see it. And I think it's a really beautiful story. And thank, thank you for sharing it. Well, thank you. I think it is our responsibility to, if we know something that can help somebody else, to share that information and to help somebody else. I've had people help me and I want to be the person helping other people as well. There's no reason why we should be stuck. There's no reason why we can't be more and do more. There, there's no reason for that. I feel it's my responsibility to, to help others with the information that I have. Just who I am. I've always liked to teach. I think I'm just a teacher at core. That's what I am. Right. And so very quickly, what's briefly in your horizon for the future? Anything exciting? Well, we, uh, we have our summit coming up uh, at the end of September, so our 10th anniversary shimmy mob <laughs> uh, party, I guess if you could call it. It's going to be virtual. Originally, it was going to be in person. And then I do have a big project that's uh, going to be launching at the end of this year. I kind of don't want to say yet. It's very exciting because it's going to be life-changing for a lot of people. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, thank you, Francesca, for meeting me today, and take care. Thank you. Thank you for joining me, your host, Yasmina Ramsey, for this week's episode of Deeper Dance. 
If you would like more information, please check out my website at yasminaramsayarts.com. I hope you join me next week with more fascinating guests and more ideas to ponder inspired by dance.